Episode three of the Next Step Podcast, guys. Today is a very, very special episode because we have two special guests. We have <laughs> Mr. Grady Escobar. What's going on, Grady? Dude, I'm I'm feeling good. I'm ready to go. Let's do it. Let's do it. Well, and we also have Miss Eva Kate. My daughter's in the room, so if you hear a baby or if you hear me talking to a baby and it annoys you, we don't want you listening anyway. So <laughs> just a heads up. Guys, today's gonna be an amazing podcast we're gonna be talking about education innovation and opportunity um so that just sounds amazing um but we're gonna start um let's start right here how's everybody doing this morning sure you want to go for it yeah dude i am doing great you know got up early this morning got peanut ready for school got some pancakes dropped them off mm. school line can't get their system together but you know <laughs> they uh usually um they have the kids tardy, but now they just accept that no kid is tardy anymore because the line just takes forever to get through. So it's amazing. It's all good, but things are great this morning, man. I think we all have our morning coffee and we're ready to go. Yep. Sounds good. No, I'm feeling good. I got up uh, a little bit before eight o'clock. I got my coffee in um, pretty late last night, but you know I'm prepared and ready to go. Just had to get my thoughts together. I'm pre- I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. There we go. There we go. Yeah, I'm definitely good. Um, it was a long night. You know, went to sleep, <laughs> went to sleep about two, and uh, Eva decided that she wanted to wake up about every hour, hour and a half last night. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And, um, you know, she just wants to take a, a trip down memory lane like the first two weeks of life. And so, you know, it was awesome. Oh, man. <laughs> well, we are, we are here. We got the coffee, we got the smoothie, we're ready to go. We're I love you. Yeah, I, I can't, if this is the case, I can't complain. I'm tired, but like, I can't. <laughs> I cannot compare to this life, so I'm all no, good. It's all good. It is all good. Well, we're going to start um, – let's start talking about education. And I I put this in here because I thought about it, and all three of us have pretty different levels and experiences, I feel like, with formal education, right? 100%. And so, so start off – we'll start with Grady. Mm-hmm. Um, start off, okay, talk about what level – of school did you get to like where you know where did you when you're in college graduated college whatever it is um that you're at are you done with school and then really three main questions Uh, did you enjoy your experience in school did you feel like you were truly learning anything and are you actually using your formal education of what you do right now no but let me i'll back up a little bit so so um (laughs) graduate in 2020 high school like C's, D's, and F's. Um, enroll in college, God knows why. C's, D's, and F's. Always been kind of the guy that can't survive in the classroom. I just suck at four walls. You know, like mm-hmm. fifth grade, I can't go to recess because I didn't do ACC math. Like, I just, I, it just always sucked. But um, I kind of had this feeling I wasn't an idiot. Um, I was pretty good with people. I had a good sense for reading, you know, for reading people. So I kind of hustled my way through it, just kind of like, you know, like lied to my parents. I didn't just do what I had to do, but I never wanted to be lazy, you know, so ended up graduating in 2020, played a little basketball, um, enrolled in school, moved to Tallahassee, and about six, I guess I would say eight months ago, I started my business, and I've been doing the business work for a long time as like freelance work, but, um, you know, for people who don't know, it's videography, uh, now social media advertising, but really with a focus on video, I've been, I've loved 
manipulating um, concepts, you know, for emotionality for a long time. I love creating. That's all I do. It's all I've ever done. And um, so this whole world of school was just not like it. it I would I, for my entire life, I try to box it in, justify it and just sort of assume that I was underdeveloped educationally. Um, what I ended up realizing in my first year of school, as I was away from, I guess I would say adult influences, is that I learned my maturity was not tied into my education. And so yeah. as I've grown, I've probably grown exponentially more uh, over the past year or two than I have any year before that. And I've learned that the concept of education equals, you know, success, you sort of put your head down and go through it was keeping me from doing everything I really wanted to do and needed to do. So I'll try to, I'll try to, I guess that kind of answers your question, but um, it does help in the sense of, I think school being in a, in an environment with people with traumatic experiences sort of molded me and shaped me as much as it hurt me. But at the same time, if it, I, I have, I have to think that if our system was redeveloped, that would be the case anyways. So it did help in a sense. Yeah. Um, it, it definitely helped, but my God, man, like it was, it was a freaking pain for like, right, eight, right. For so, like 12 years. <laughs> so, so, so overall, overall, yeah. I, from, from what you're saying, okay, did not, did not, <laughs> did not really enjoy your experience. It's fair to say. I, I, you know, I really did it. And I hate to, I hate to be pessimistic, man. I just really enjoy, I really enjoyed my life outside of school. You know, I really did. I had good teachers. You know, teachers are, are good influences. You've yeah. got that one fourth grade, you know, lady that really helps you out or the friend that, you know, I mean, I had a, a lot of good experiences, but honestly, a lot more pain than good. And in the grand scheme, um, I kind of wish I would have dedicated more time to things I would have deemed more important than, you know, Miss Standards homework assignment, and that's just kind of how I, yeah how I how I tend to feel about it. No, for sure, and you know, and we'll get into this a little bit more after after Trip mm -hmm. and I answered that first one. But you know, I think there we put in a box what it means to be learning something, right? It was just in school. So, like like you were saying, if you're a bad student, you feel like, okay, am I underdeveloped? Am I am I not very smart? Am I you know that type of thing? Where really, that's you know not really the case. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, but uh, Trip. Yeah. What do you think? Do you repeat the questions or you got it? Yeah, no, I'm good. Um, yeah, I, I have a very unique school experience too. Um, I've never been like ultra genius, study hard guy trying to make, you know, hundreds and everything. But I will say that I've never found school hard at all. Like as far as um, getting the assignments done, you know, passing the classes, things like that. I've always been able to make A's and B's with basically not trying at all. Yeah, And I think I probably could have been <laughs> – and a, a very excelled student if I wanted to, but to be honest with you, like Grady was saying, like, I, I well, I don't know if he was saying it, but I, I don't <laughs> necessarily feel like I really learned anything. So it's funny. Like I'm saying, like I found it easy, made A's and B's my whole life, but like, I can't necessarily draw back and think of anything I've actually learned from like any of my classes. Like mm -hmm. I don't, I don't remember my, my, uh, my maths to this day. Like, I don't, I mean, you throw me an algebra test right now. I'm not going to make an A or B on it. Like I don't care about it. <laughs> right. Science. Like, so as far as the actual subjects in school, like, I don't feel like I took anything away from it um, long term and nothing yeah. that I learned in school necessarily applies to my life today. Right. And, you know, the highest level I got to, obviously, me and you played together at UNF. So I, mean, mm -hmm. I, I was three years into my college career, um, I, you know, taking some classes post UNF. I'm probably 
you know, a semester or two away from like three or four different degrees. And I, and I just like, I don't even know if I ever see the point of actually getting them because it's yeah. like, I don't know that I really need them. I don't think that like, there's really like, you know, I've, I've kind of thought about going the teacher route. Um, that can always potentially be an option. There's certain degrees you have to have, um, you know, the degree in to do it. Like you can't just yeah. be a teacher unless you have a teaching degree. For sure. Um, so I would say, um, yeah, definitely not taking the things that I learned in school mm-hmm. to like my life today, but kind of what Grady was saying about the experiences, like, and that's how, you know, I live my life. Me and you like experiences are everything. Oh, yeah. And without those experiences, like I think about, um, in high school, you know, um, back when I was hanging out with Will a lot, um, you know, he's someone I met that ended up getting me a door, um, where I was doing trucking stuff. So like, had I not, you know, been in school, I wouldn't have met those people. And then, you know, in college, had I not um, met you, I wouldn't have been with Equal Shot that kind of inspired right. me to, mm, yeah. you know, do what I'm doing today. And also now, like, forming a friendship with Grady, like, obviously, if I had never met you, never met him. And so it's cool. Really? I like the experiences and the people you meet throughout the years. I feel like that's honestly the most mm-hmm. important thing I took with me in school. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. That's, that's definitely a good point. Well, for me, um, again, a little bit different than both you guys. Like, we have each have different levels and experience, whatever. I ended up getting my master's all on scholarship because I was in college for like eight years, I feel like. <laughs> um, but kind of kind of similar to trip in the sense for like, I got my master's. I was like, you know, always scholar athlete of the year at UNF or like, you know, um, um, scholar of the, I mean, I got scholar athlete in the A-Sun, scholar athlete of the year in the A-Sun, um, all academic team, like, all those type of things. And it'd be funny because I was every time I would get in a war like that, whole team would be like, how, like, when, like, when, when do you ever do school? And it, <laughs> it was kind of like the same thing where it was like, I, after a certain point, and I wasn't always like a straight A student, like in high school, I always did good enough. Like always A's and B's, maybe a C here or there. I remember one time I, I got a D in like eighth grade and my mom and dad were like, if you don't get this up, then you're not playing basketball. I had it to an A in like three weeks. So like, <laughs> but um, but kind of similar to trip where it was like it just it wasn't very difficult for me, and Man, I feel like <laughs> I, well I I I feel like what I was able to do was like figure out the system of school, mm-hmm. right? So so going to do I did I feel like I truly sure. learned anything? Yes and no. Like there are certain classes that I actually really did, and that was because I really liked the teacher. And he really pushed me. Like there was two yeah. teachers in particular that I I would say that I remember things from their class. And it was because, and it's funny, like literally it was the hardest class for everybody else. Like it was like the hardest class in my undergrad and the hardest class in my, in my master's. And literally the first day, like basically dude was like, you know, a lot of you guys aren't going to finish this class. I'm going to push you. It's going to be hard. Da, da, da. And like a lot of people were scared. And it almost like engaged me. I was like, okay, bet this is awesome. Yeah. Cause they were like cool guys that type of thing but it's like i but i remember a lot of because i actually learned and i was intrigued and you know some of it had to do with the topic of the class as well but you know for the majority of my schooling like i did really well like well enough to get these awards and and all those type of things and and graduate with honors and on the deeds like all that stuff and i can remember nothing than those three (laughs) classes because just to learn how to how to kind of do the system of school and yeah. like get good grades and not actually learn something. And that was, that's what I would say now. And I don't know, you know, with, with every system there's flaws or whatever. I don't know how you, 
how you change that. But that's one thing that I, I see, at least from my experience, is you can get really good at the system of school. Can I, not really good at learning. Can I ask or jump in a little bit and kind yeah, of present? Go for it. So when you're talking about work ethic or how, how, it, how, it, how it sort of turned you to this concept of like, okay, let's do this when he challenged you. I, I look at this sort of in the realm of how I look at social media too. Um, and this is kind of funny because it's teams, it seems to be the young guys judging school and the old people judging like, you know, medium. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's sort of framework, like, it sort of it exposes you. It's almost like a mirror. Because I was thinking of told our experiences you know like the concepts that you i guess were brought to brought to life with you in school where it's like put your head down do it you're able to pretty you were able to manage it pretty well play a role hit the three you know what i'm saying like write the essay like do your thing um because that's who you were and it sort of mirrored your personality and it it Mm -hmm. brought you out in examples where like other people could not survive the class versus like me i don't know i don't know exactly what it means but for some reason like i could try but no matter how much, you know, mental effort I guess I was having, like the non-collaborative nature of my presence inside of a building, it was just, it was like almost near impossible. And then mm-hmm. I don't know exactly how to speak to trips. I'd have to like probably ask him that question, but I don't know. I think school is, cause we all sort of brought this up. It's almost like, yeah, we get relationships. Awesome. But that's what people say about college. And then they're still yeah. in debt. It's like, it's not the issue. It's the scale to which we place emphasis on the issue. It's like, we sort of pedestal um, education, I guess, in a sense. Right. We don't, right. we don't look at it. Because, like, we could make relationships. I'm glad that we all know each other. But, like, if we change the system for the people that are three or four, then they'll actually do it better and still make relationships. You know what I mean? And I feel like that's, that's kind of the – that's the interesting issue here. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I'm with you. Um, well, like, like I'll, I want to jump real quick, too. And yeah. thinking about kind of how you are, Grady, it's like, with you, what you're saying, like you, JT said, there's a few teachers that were able to kind of inspire him in a certain way. But for, like you said, it has to tie in with his personality. But like, just from what I know about you, man, like just your creativeness, the way you're like want to be in the world, and like you said, like around the video and just those things. Like, I don't know that you ever had a teacher that like because there's no subject for for the things you're interested in. That's why, I feel like in school, like I wish there was more like options of like what are you interested in and like how do we like get you learning this at a younger age as opposed to like you have to go through this entire system to you're an adult and then you can decide you know after that for sure like for sure. yeah i wish you could start at a younger age like what if you got to be into a video when you were 12 you know just entering middle school like that'd have been cool yeah. like yeah. So, yeah there's things that could be done it's hard to know exactly what's right and wrong but yeah I, I do wish there was more options of like ways to learn about what you're actually interested interested yeah. in I want to, and I, I want to let Jason take it back over, but real quick, I want to slip this in before we move on, because every time you, every time you talk, it just gives me an idea. It's like, let's say there was a class for whatever these, you know, people, crazy entrepreneurs are young or anybody wants to do, and there's all these subjects, you can't prepare for the emotionality of a teenager. So right. here's what's so interesting. So I actually was probably on a really straight and narrow, you know, straightforward path to creativity. I did juggle school, but at 15, threw my life away for two years. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the funny, like the, those, <laughs> the, this thing I keep thinking about is what I feel like has molded me the most and has, has helped me cultivate relationships. Or when I talk to people who are going through stuff is like understanding human behavior and ha- and like being able to conversate with people and heal them. Like that's the, that's what helps the most. And I wonder if we changed, if we focused on that, you know, if, 
if we if we if, if we had government money into emotional health or emotional standards or um, things like that, I know it sounds kind of gray, but it's it's I wonder what that what that system looks like, you know, yeah. um, because I because no matter what you because like it's like life, like no matter what you do and no matter how fixated something is, the nature of creativity is quite literally saying no and doing it your way. So if there's like a fixated structure, it just makes me think that we need to sort of reshape the, the culture and the system altogether. And I don't know how to do it, but it's just an interesting yeah. concept I wanted to bring up. Yeah, 100%, man. very interesting. And it just gave me this thought, the system that we currently have, right, is a, mm. hey, you know, memorize this, you're going to be tested on this, you know, this type of like a very like black and white, you have to memorize this, answer these questions, and that's how you learn, right? Mm -hmm. That works very well for somebody like me. I'm a very like black and white, this is it. Like, honestly, for me, if I wasn't playing basketball, I'm not sure how far I would have gotten into college. If I would have been like, I, I uh -huh. genuinely don't know. Uh -huh. But because I was playing, I was like, all right, I have to play. In order to play, I have to make a grade. So I might as well just make the best grades. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. Put, put the minimum effort. I have to write this essay. Cool. This is what I got to do to write, like, very, like, black and white. This has been, like, that type of thing. And the system we have plays to my personality, whereas to somebody who's more creative, right? I don't have an ounce of creativity inside my body. But somebody who's more, like, create, like, he's got that more creative mind like you, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't quite fit to your personality. And so it's a lot mm -hmm. harder for somebody like you, even though in reality, I think you're much probably much brighter and smarter in, in a, a broad scheme than I am just the way you can think and innovate in those type of things. But the system plays more to my personality. And that's the thing like, man, how, and, I mean, and that's, that's the bigger question. I don't think any of us, and I don't think anybody knows that's why we're still here is like, how do you create a system that works for everybody? That yeah. is actually based on, and the reason we have the system we have because it's so simple and it's easy to quantify, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Wow. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, you know, and, and back to something one of you guys said was the fact talking about college, right? It's like, you know, it's not, it's not that it's not important. It's not that there's not value in it. Like there's not like there's certain things like I don't want to go to a doctor who didn't have to go to school for 12 years to be a doctor. Mm -hmm. You know That's what I'm saying? Like, so like, so like there, there are things like in order to be a teacher, yes, you need to go to school to learn. Like there, there are things that you need to do, but the, the emphasis on it is outdated in the sense of like the world doesn't work. We're like, all right, I graduate high school. I go to college, I get a degree and then I get a great job. Yeah. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. Like that's not the, that's not the automatic thing. Yeah. Um, and so, and so just the emphasis, you know, needs to be not that like school is completely terrible, but it's just like, Hey, this is not, this is not a cut and dry thing anymore. This is not the only way to learn. And it's like, if you do this, you'll automatically get the job of your dreams type thing. For sure. Yeah. Um, and dude, that's and, really, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And I'm kind of, I'm kind of guessing on the exact age of the school system. I don't know exactly, but I would be willing to bet it's over a hundred years. And if you think <laughs> about that, like a hundred years ago, like the, the way the world was and the thing, the technology we had then was basically nothing. So like, think about like now and then like, so we still have the same system now and we all, every answer that we've ever learned in school is on our phone in seconds. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, <laughs> yeah. so it's basically like, so trying to create a new system becomes hard because you think about how fast technology is moving. Like by the time we actually created a new system, it'd probably be time for a new system again because like we're moving so fast. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. I, it's really hard to think about a way that, you know, it could be best for everyone. And I don't know, I guess there's gotta be a baseline system in that we kind of have because you can't just let everyone decide what they want to do. 
like yeah. it, like how could you manage that so yeah. i mean we're in the yeah like i, I try to because i do sort of take a crap on it a lot and i and i mean it this way and we're in the freaking united states it's awesome you know yeah. like i think like, like free like educate like it, it's great uh-huh. hey eva how's it going <laughs> eva agrees yeah. <laughs> the only the only thing for me like and i want to emphasize this real quick and I, and then we can move on is like i don't say this because like i looked at it and it sucks it's like i i i cannot do it like i look like for example let's talk about like our brother george jt like mm-hmm. freaking hats off like like all the time and like you too like i just think about it like dude that's freaking amazing like the stability the all this stuff i'm not i may be capable but i'm not capable of like sort of surviving consistently in that environment and so like right. it's, it's almost like like for like dad like being a doctor like you said i yeah. just, you know crap happens like i get in an accident i freaking have cancer i have to go get checked out i want somebody to know what they're doing and so right. hats off and respect to anybody that can and i will you know god willing if i get successful enough um you know like help out any way i can to like people who i feel like deserve yeah. it but honestly man it's like it's just knowing yourself it's just mm-hmm. knowing yourself and figuring out how do I capitalize? Like, how do I really capitalize on life in a relationship standpoint and a job standpoint? How do I give the most I can? And it fulfills you when you kind of figure that out, you know, because you don't want to be in a place where you hate what you do or, you, you know, you're, you're not very happy at home because then you're not really adding anything to your family. Everything's off right. balance. And so you have to kind of yeah. be selfish in a way. 100%, man. And so – kind of kind of transitioning a little bit from talking about okay formal education and something you just said grady like you have to know yourself right so like um trip we'll start with you this time so like talk about okay at this point in your life right you've gone through formal school you you've done informal learning whatever talk about like how do you best learn it was it hard to figure that out and do you think that you actually learn more from like quote unquote informal learning you know like and great thing i talk about this a lot like youtube university you know what i'm saying <laughs> i could go on youtube and i've been like how to how to build a, a cabinet you know professor what I mean? and probably gary be able, be <laughs> professor gary v but like and, and probably learn how to do almost anything within a matter of hours, you know what I'm saying? Because it's, it's all on there. So just kind of talk about how, how have you figured out that you best learn and, and, and in that, like, okay, how, how do you continue to educate yourself now in your field and your craft and what you're trying to do and all those types of things? Yeah, dude. So I think I actually have recently discovered this and I'm glad it's in the topic because um, kind of like I was saying in school, like the relationships I've formed, like, like you know meeting people and having those conversations like that's kind of how i feel like i've learned the best now is like i feel like i learned the best when i talk to you guys like when i talk to people so like 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 let's just say for an example like um with like religion like um with my christian faith and stuff like i personally and you know that i haven't spent a lot of time in my life in church and stuff and i you know to me it's very monotonous and it's always it's a lot it's always kind of the same to me a lot of times you know like like jews died across like blah 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 but whenever <laughs> i talk to you jt like i feel like i can dive deep with you i can ask a million questions things that i've never known and i know you don't have all the answers in the world you're not the yeah. only person i should talk to but like i feel like me and you since we know each other we have a very personal relationship like i can ask you almost anything hard questions easy questions like because I, I feel comfortable with you etc like so i just like right. me and you've been up conversate like that helps me learn the most. And like with Grady, like yeah. me and him are very like, and we're all very creative people, but me and Grady kind of bounce off each other like that too. Like we're kind of 
creative. We're kind of like, I don't know, we have weird thoughts sometimes. So it's cool to like bounce off each other because we like, yeah. like we have interesting way of thinking about the world and stuff. So like, to me, like I learned the best just by asking people that I trust around me in my yeah. circles, like what their opinions are on things. And then based on that, you know, compare them to my own thoughts. Yeah. And then maybe like you said, YouTube university based on that, look it up myself on YouTube and just see what other people are thinking. So I think I just like to hear different ideas, different thoughts. And then I don't necessarily care if things are black and white, right or wrong. I think yeah. I'm okay with living in a gray area and there's room for, for sure, you know, what people think. So I, I don't know. I think that's kind of how I learned the best. And I don't think, I think maybe people just expect there to be a right answer to everything. And that's just not really how things work. I mean, you think about how, the world is today. It's like yeah. everyone thinks differently about everything. So it's like everything's yeah. great. So what's the right. point? Right. So yeah, I mean, to, long story short, I mean, that, that is how I think I learn best just relationships I have with people. Um, you know, I don't, I don't really like to read, you know, like I said, <laughs> like you said, JT, school is memorization. So yeah, that's not the way I learn. Like that's not the way I hold stuff long-term. So yeah, it's, right. it's more conversations and things that impact me. And I, I think too, like Trip, this is cool that you say this because I think of, I think of this concept you just said. Basically, the thing that's most important to you that helps you the most is people that you trust and having a relationship with them. And so this might be a different podcast, obviously, but I'm thinking about this. You guys spoke on in episode two, right? So like raising kids. So mm-hmm. you might have sort of Easter eggs from your parents where you're able to make those connections. You might have, you know, like whatever case it may be, you're basically saying the trust of having that in your life is one of the most important things. And, and to me, that is, that says so many volumes because even for me, sometimes in life, I actually told JT this too. I picked up the phone and called him one night. Cause like, sometimes like, you know, there's people there, but you don't, there's not really people there. Like, mm-hmm. are there people that are, excuse me, it doesn't feel like they're really there. Like you want to, right. you know, you need people that are extremely close that you can really call and make you better. And I think that it's important because how are we conditioned for that? You know, we're conditioned to go to school. And I know many people from school um, personally who did really well and like snorted coke to get through it. And then sort of relationship they had and are probably right now somewhere getting a master's, which is great. But at the end of the day, you know, when you reach that type of moment, that's important. How do we cultivate that in kids growing up? How do we cultivate that for like, you know, I work with a lot of 14, 15, like 16 year old who make music. Like how do I when I talk to them about stuff, people that look up to me. How do I mm-hmm. emphasize that? And I've actually mm-hmm. tried to take make that a conversation piece. There's a um, yeah. There's a there's a young dude I love to death. Um, right now, went to school with me. He was younger, and I've tried to sort of um, talk to him a lot about that concept of like you th- you know you know what to do, just do it. Don't fall you know don't fall to the momentum, the temptation. Like lead by example, and 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 being someone of influence who's been there and been the guy or whatever. Saying that now, you know to somebody yeah. who's still in the thick of it might help, might help him get through it. So I think this conversation is extremely important, extremely important because it's, because it's, 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 it's probably the most, um, it's probably the thing we need to focus on over anything. And it'll help us go into those educational opportunities and do well, because we'll be able to have, I guess the, the, uh, the, the, the bandwidth to, to handle it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Now, Grady, what would you say, so talking about informal education, I mean, you, you, you know, obviously definitely have said like, okay, you definitely <laughs> learn better there for, for you. Is there, and you may have answered it in a roundabout way, but um, like, how do you, how have you figured out that you best learn? Man, it's, 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 it's simple and complicated. I'll try to be quick. So 
Um, one thing that about school is the good in that I might just lack is discipline. So, you know, mm-hmm. you're really good at it. You have discipline. People tell you what to do. You do it helps you. You know, I didn't have that. So, and I, and I conditioned myself to not need it because I was pushing away sort of the, the guilt of not being good at it. So, um, I absolutely informal, I believe in informal education. I think that like everything they teach you in school is simple. What you took away from it was discipline, you know, how to learn leadership, things like that. You can learn that through life. The problem is with informal informal education is you can watch all these videos, but then you turn it off, you watch another one and it's it's 3 a.m. and there's nobody telling you what to do. So (laughs) I think here's the problem. So if we were, if we were trying to go to like an AI society where people didn't matter conscious that's absolutely that's 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 what we we should do is you know facts are at our fingertips do 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 the problem is we can't like i said about about you know teenage like adolescents we can't account for human behavior so if yeah if we you know if i were to say all the information is on google i'm going to learn it to an eight-year-old and don't go to school because everything you need is here that's great but you that that's impossible so i've always been a believer that you know the, the, the value you have um, on just YouTube videos alone, I've learned most of what I need to learn most of what I do there because it's constantly updating and the field yeah. is constantly updating and school isn't. The problem is well, how do I call that is that that enables me to to take that on responsibly. And I think that's why I, I always stay on this concept of like emotionality with what you're doing. Because it yeah. seems to be the common thread. With, you know, if I'm having a bad day and I'm not resilient in, in, in sort of like reconciling whatever's going on, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to be able to, I'm not going to answer that call or I'm not going to be, yeah. I'm not going to be as, as quick to do what I need to do. And so, yeah, I would say formal education, informal education is what I would prefer. The problem is how do you account for an ever-changing, you know, sort of digital landscape, but still yeah. bring your heart along and be able to have the means to do that? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's really good, man. And I, you know, I think what's, what's cool that you keep coming back to is the, is the emotional relational aspect of it. Right. When we think of learning, we, we like, and even me, like when I've asked these questions, I'm all, like, I was only thinking of it in the context of like facts and learning, like how to do something, like, how do I, how do I build this? How do I teach this? How do I grow this type of business, whatever, but really learning, like there's, there's so many different different layers to it. Like one of the most important things in life, if not the most important thing, is relationships. And you can't have relationships if you don't understand your own emotions and how you work and how you feel and stuff like that. And like that's something that's not included yeah. really in formal education. But that's a huge part of learning and education. I'm and I'm glad that we we kind of keep coming back to that because that's a huge thing. It's like man, like as much as I, you know, tried in school, like hey to to study for a test or to prepare for an essay and whatever that is, like what I thought of as learning, like I, I need to be working just as hard mm. to, to make, to put myself in a place emotionally where I'm healthy and self-aware enough that I can have relationships with other people because yeah. that's the most important, important part about life. But we usually don't connect those two when we think about education. Yeah. Um, we're, going, we're Go ahead. My bad. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Finish your thought. I was going to say, we're going to have relationships either way. They're just yeah. either going to suck or they're going to be healthy. And that's the thing about us, man. We're yeah. going to do it. Like whether, oh, yeah. whether we figure out like we want to have a committed partner and we're going to be smart or we're going to go, you know, have relations with the entire world, whatever the hell we do, like humans are going to connect. The issue is how, like, how do we talk about it? 
how do we talk about it openly and make it and make it and bring it to the forefront? Because I, I, I don't want to say like this whole like emotional thing is cool, but it is also extremely corny because it's becoming popular. And I want to say that like nobody's good at it like this. Yeah. this I don't know if this is like a clean podcast. I don't want to cuss, but like it, this sucks. Like it's really yeah. hard. Life sucks. But like it's like how do we how do we have a conversation where it's just not the stigma? How do we put it to the forefront and say, all right, man, like we're going to do this either way. We, yeah, we know that this is sort of what we're designed to do because we keep doing yeah. it and we keep doing it wrong. How can we figure out an environment where we can collectively do it better and a right. little bit healthier so that we have, you know, that we still have you know, living, breathing human beings who care about each other in 100 years when there's no need to walk outside and there's no right. need to there's no store and there's no any of this because it's because it's freaking coming. And mm-hmm. Lord knows when VR is I mean, we're going to be in a hole if we don't if we if this thing doesn't take a big leap with technology, then we're going to be in a we're going to be in big trouble. Yeah, big trouble. Yeah. It's a great point, man. Great point. Well, kind of answer the question um, for me. Um, you know, it's like okay, do I? I I definitely did learn a good bit through formal education, but I think I definitely have learned more through informal education. Like I think I learned more from kind of like we were saying through through relationships, through things that weren't necessarily in the curriculum from my teachers, than maybe like from the curriculum and from writing writing papers and, and doing things like that. I've learned more from my basketball coaches, right? Specifically uh, Adrian and coach D and like all those things. Like I learned more from them just from like doing life with them, right. On the court, off the court, like those, like just leadership principles. Like I, I probably learned the most just from, from people and mentors in my life. Right. I think about pastor Aaron. I think about Deshaun when I was at Ole Miss, like, like, like older men in my life who, were walking with me through wherever I was, like, that's where I learned the most because they were able to help me see, you know, things that I needed to grow in, whatever it was in, in a bunch of different areas of life. And so it definitely was through relationships with older, wiser, smarter people that I have learned the most. And I think I found like, okay, how do I, and honestly still, still trying to figure out how I best learn, but I think, I think definitely like things, Hey, listening to podcasts, watching videos or whatever, but it all kind of boils down to, Hey, I do better. Like not, I don't do great taking an article and reading about it. True. I can, I can dissect the information really fast and, and write you a great paper about what the article was about, but I don't, I don't digest the, the information that way. I learn better by listening to people like explain it and just kind of like immersing myself in it almost like I feel like I'm I'm I'm, I'm like a sponge of whoever I, I put myself around right so if if, if I'm constantly like surrounding myself with certain podcasts or people and just listening whatever like I I hear and learn from their experiences and the way that they explain things and so paying the information yeah yeah and so I try to do a lot of listening right I try to do a lot of like putting myself in rooms where I just get to like hear people talk about you know their experiences in business and life and marriage and parenting and, and stuff like that because like all right i just put myself around the right people and you know not shut my mouth in the sense where i can't talk but like shut my mouth because i i really don't have much to add to this conversation i just need to sit and, and listen and learn like that's that's how i found like okay i i best learn that way like i absorb listen yeah to people's experiences and in the way that they teach and stuff like that. Well, CJT, like, I think, man, like, I think I'm starting to see like a parallel between kind of what you're talking about, listening and gathering information and um, 
what Grady's saying with the emotional connection and stuff and the technology advances and all those things, like what it, it's starting to seem like is that like people are taking in so much information now and not processing it. And like, immediate, like everything is absolutes now. Like as soon as anyone hears anything, it's just an absolute like, and what's crazy is, is like the reason, and I'm looking at our friendship dynamic, the way the three of us work is like, we can process a million different um, things, uh, different viewpoints, blah, blah, blah. And I think the most important thing that the three of us can do with each other is that we can talk about it. Like, and maybe a lot of people yeah. today are absorbing information um, from one place or multiple places and they're just mm-hmm. holding it in and they're letting it boil in their head and they're not talking to anyone about it. And then all of a sudden they find themselves like so far from so far removed from who they are and like, yeah, you know what they're going through. So like, that's why I just keep coming back to relationships because like, the, the the amount of the information that's accessible now is insane and like if you oh, crazy. if you don't talk about <laughs> talk about it to other people then like i just feel like it, it that it, that's where all the emotional problems come in the unhealthiness like it's hard to be able to have access to this much information and not be able yeah. to like sort it out i've never thought about this before and this is so freaking cool trip like we're not at a crisis of information like we're not like you ever thought about this guys like we're not at a crisis of innovation either like, we don't yeah. have to, like, worry about, like, we're going to freaking make phones. We're going to make, we're going to, like, like transform society because that's what humans do. They freak, they just do. You know, they build. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The problem is, like, we're going somewhere. <laughs> and so, like, we're going in a direction. And, like, it's, it's, this is, I've never actually thought about it this way. Like, we're not at a crisis of, you know, we have this pressure, like, keep going, keep going, keep building, innovate. Like, we all want to be Elon Musk. The problem is we're going to get there. But where are we going? And how, like, is anybody talking about it? Everybody wants to, mm. you know, everybody wants the yacht. Everybody wants, honestly, people, some people like now people want to work 18 hour days and be cool and like have, you know, be content creators. And that's awesome. But, but like, we're going to be left behind. Our hearts are going to be left behind if we yeah. don't find a solution to like bridging that gap. I think it's a really cool concept. We're at a mm-hmm. crisis of, of that. We're not at a crisis of information or at accessibility. I mean, for some of us, access obviously is an issue and that's what we need to pursue, but for, in the grand scheme of things, like yeah. we're going in a direction where we're like, we have everything we want and that's can sometimes be a problem. hundred percent because, and like you said, and you just made a great point. I don't know if you were referencing how Gary V is right. Working 18 hour days and content <laughs> creator and, and, and all this stuff. We take in all this information. I can look at that and, and, and get sort of like, okay, exactly what I want to do. Right. But back to the point we said earlier, know yourself. Know how you yeah. learn, know how you operate. Not everybody's a content creator. I'm not a content creator. If I tried to do what Gary Vee did, I would be homeless. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm, I'm just not good at it. But that's, a, that's also the danger, having all this information. I can see all these different people like, oh, that's what I'm going to do. I can do it. That works for him, so it's going to work for me. No. Mm-hmm. But that's where the self-awareness comes in to be able to take in the information and be like, oh, that's awesome. So, so for me, I can look at Gary Vee. Oh, I'm not a content creator. He can he, – he's got – you know, a hundred different projects going on at one time. And that works for him because that's his world. That's what he's good at. That's what he loves. Yeah. I'm a very focused person. If I tried to do that, 100 out of 100 would fail. Yeah. And I, I, I would be so overwhelmed, whatever. I, so what, what I do, but not that I can't learn anything from him, though. I take, Hey, his, his, his drive, his emphasis, really, we talk about this mental, emotional health. He has a big emphasis on that. Yeah. knowing yourself not being judgmental so like all those type of things the way that he works stuff like that take the pieces and apply it to yourself we try yep. to mirror because we have access we can watch all these different people under a microscope and yes. we have to be self-aware enough to separate 
I am not that person and that's okay. But how yep. do I take pieces of what made them successful and apply it to me knowing myself? Yep. And what's so funny, and I, I, this is so funny because I've never talked about this. Like I saw it the other day. So you talk about being under a microscope. He absolutely is. And so are his flaws. And people don't talk about this. Somebody asked him a question. So this is just to put things in perspective, guys. So JT, like we talk a lot about, you know, equal shot, like keeping equal shot alive. What, what makes the ship run building a team, right? So not so like healthy, you know, expectations so that you can run a company long term um, so that you can free up space. He actually said in the interview the other day, he was like, you know, he's like, I love when people ask me what happens if you die? Because VaynerMedia is so centered around you. It's a 200 people company, but he's a CEO and he's involved in, in everything. He's yeah. like, what do you mean? It, the company, the company fails. It dies. Investors lose yeah. money. And they're like, what are you talking about? Like, cause that's not how you set up a business and, mm. and talk about being on a microphone. It's like, no, like, I don't care. I'm dead. <laughs> you know what I mean? yep. Like that's yep. the reality of like, like, like putting people on pedestals, like perspective, everybody has their own way of doing things. And he's, and, and, and so I thought that was so funny because like that, 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 um, that transparency, like yep. doing things the way that you want to do it. Like people <laughs> love him, but like, he doesn't do things the same way. He passes up on investments because he's emotional about sports and wants to, you know, like there's a lot of things that that um that come into play. And so I think we have to start normalizing the 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 I guess up and down fluctuation of how we really are as people yeah. and how cool it is that we can sort of see the good and bad and and still choose to to choose each other in in the midst of all this stuff. Yeah, hundred percent. JT, can I ask you a question? Go for it. I want to based on what we're talking about, man, I want to see kind of like, because you probably more than any of us, the three of us, like are probably around the most people and like, like with kids and things like, you know, you have, you're in something that can really change like young lives that can, you know, lead into the future. So I want to know kind of like what in the world and, um, and what is it that you see important that like specifically it needs to be innovated now and like moving forward with all these things we're talking about with technology, with, emotional things like where where's your role in this and how are you going to help these kids because grady's been talking about that too like implementing yeah. systems for younger people and those things and that's kind of what you're in mm-hmm. yeah well definitely i i would say the number one thing that like just from my perspective that i'm starting to see the more that i'm in these in these worlds and and, and, and just seeing and building relationships with these kids is is access right now we talked about we don't have a lack of access to information, whatever. And, and, and that's true with the internet and, and all those type of things. But there's also a huge, it, at the same time, really is a lack of access to like, to, to whether it be quality programs, whether it be like basic necessities, like, like food and mm-hmm. shelter and clothes and information. Well, I, I, I won't use the word information, education in the sense of how you learn, right? Because everybody's got access to the internet but an 11 year old is not going on the internet. Well, I wouldn't say most 11 year olds are not going on the internet to try to learn something to be innovative, to try to learn like how to make them successful. They're going to go watch, you know, every YouTube video they can find about whatever sport they play or somebody getting in a fight or, you know, whatever it is, like that's what you do at 11, you know what I'm saying? But like, so the danger of unlimited access, you spend all your time doing that. But for me, okay. You know what, what equal shots about what I feel like, my you know life calling the sense is okay bridging the gap between under-resourced communities which from my perspective minority communities mm-hmm. right which tend to be over tend to be an over-representation of the under 
resource communities and that's just a reflection of our country's history and it's you know still just the effects of that right bridging the gap in education bridging the gap in access to programs bridging the gap in just access to to people to resources that is going to make help make them successful in life right so like i i give the example a lot i have friends that i grew up with that to be quite honest like not that they're terrible people but like they're idiots mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like like they gave no effort in school got in trouble got caught with drug i mean did all these things and now about? <laughs> they're 24 25 years old uber successful whether they're you know not i don't think any of them are owning their own business but they're hey they're they're doing well they're working their way up they're in a position of management whatever they're doing very well for themselves daddy's money when if daddy if they didn't come from the situation that they came from that would not be the case right i say i i put them in the shoes of some of the kids that i work with in equal shot if they came from a different neighborhood from a different if their skin color was different they may have been arrested and went to jail for some of these things, right? They they wouldn't have the same opportunities jobs wise, and it's not to say that they that they shouldn't be in the position that they should be in, right? Because mm-hmm. they yes. clearly, if they're having success, it means they were capable of it, but it means that they were afforded the opportunity to mess up yeah. several times and figure it out and still be afforded a chance with no cut. Yeah, yeah, with with. With minimal, minimal, now there probably should have been more consequences to some of the stuff, but with minimal consequences. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's the difference. It's like, I want to give the privilege of being able to be imperfect, like any kid, right? Being able to not be perfect, whatever, to still be afforded the opportunity and the chance to do something, to, to, to have a good job, to do something great with your life to a kid that that otherwise if they aren't think about this kid that comes from from a bad neighborhood maybe parents or drug dealers or whatever it is not even that extreme just like you you don't come from a lot of resources you don't come from a family that from from doctors or or business owners or whatever it may be right you have to and adrian talks about this a lot he's like as a black man in america he's like i have to be extraordinary to get where I'm at like extraordinary like one in a million right for me I yes I work very hard I'm a very driven person I think I'm talented it 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 it, what I do but I didn't I did not have to be extraordinary to be successful in my life I just had to be average and and I was going to be okay that's not the case for somebody who doesn't come from the resources that I came from Right. And so anyway, all that to say to sum all that up is giving access, giving opportunity for people to not have to be extraordinary to make it and make it doesn't mean you're owning a billion dollar business. Make it means you have a job, bring in a stable income and and are able to provide for yourself and your family. And so in a roundabout sense, that's it's all about access and opportunity and actually leveling the playing field in a sense where, hey, people have opportunity and that's not yeah. to say hey there's there's not that, that's not to say there should be consequences for stuff. like absolutely there should be consequences for things yeah but jt I, dude yeah i 100 percent agree with what you're saying like at, just giving the access to kids uh, you know is such an amazing thing and with this will be for another podcast but to briefly just like just bring up the topic so like moving forward we can remember it for like yeah. a future podcast is one thing that like 
is so important is that like you think about how divided the country is right political yeah. all that stuff and we're definitely i definitely don't want to get in politics today oh but, boy <laughs> yeah yeah but what i will say and me and you've acknowledged it jt and we've had these tough conversations of like without saying anything like we know that there's a lot of different things that mean you probably don't agree on mm-hmm. and you think about how close we are but how many times have we had conversations and always 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 came back to the same realization that the common goal when I was at Equal Shot was always, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like it, all that matters is that we're pouring to these kids with what we know. Like, and yeah. you know, especially with kids like politics, just going to be taken out of it. Like all that really matters is like, what do yeah. we know that we can pour into these kids to help them have the opportunities that, you know, yeah. that can yeah. be you know, rewarded to them. hundred percent. Yeah, man. That was a great little tangent. Well, let's, let's, let's shift a little bit. Um, yeah. I want to talk. We already kind of got into it. I kind of got into it there with my, with my answer. But move from education to innovation, right? Talk about the the the, basically, you know, innovation is having to adapt. How do you not stay stagnant? Like we talk about our education has been the same for a hundred years. Like how how do you innovate and adapt to a changing world? Mm-hmm. Um, and and we'll start with Grady, right? Okay, we, we live in ever changing world. Yeah. Talk a little bit about how innovation plays a part in your field, right? And so right. like within that. Why is innovation important? Why, why is it important that you learn how to innovate? How do you educate yourself in your craft, in your field, to be able to even, like, look ahead and do that? Like, how do, oh, you, how, how do you go about that? So I'm going to answer the last question first. How do I, the only way to look ahead and do something, and I'm telling you, just because we've been on the topic, and I'm going to drop it and just leave it alone, but the, the, cap- the capacity to move the freak on. So, like, every single day stuff changes, right? So especially this could be running your own business. This could be anything. Um, but everything changes. I could be doing something right for two weeks and I think, okay, boom, there's a shift in, I don't know, Facebook increases their prices on something and then something else happens. Something like, like, uh, how five, six years ago, Facebook bought Instagram that changed everything. There's a lot of things yep. that change. Um, I mean, TikTok came out, out of nowhere, not really out of nowhere, but it came out of nowhere in the sense of with big business and people are trying to figure it out. Stuff changes so much that you can't really be mad at what you did in December of last year because you're going to be incapable of actually giving proper services to your clients. And that's, re- that's real, man. And, um, and I see this all the freaking time. There's big buck agencies who do crap work because there's nobody really, there's nobody yeah. really running the sh- – I mean, it's, it's, they're just running a ship and they're just going five miles an hour. So um, can, you, <laughs> can you believe – like repeat the first – like. I'm trying to make sure I answer everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just a bit. No, I mean that was great. Um, why is innovation important? And then how okay. how do you go about educating yourself in order to look ahead and be able to innovate in your craft? Like, how do you how okay. do you practically go about that process? So innovation is important because let's say you've got a, a small nonprofit. Hint, hint. No, but in all seriousness, yeah. let's say there's a not there's like a really good something somebody who's doing really good lack they don't have that much they don't have that many resources so you need the little guy who's a lot smarter than the guys with a lot of money who works in the field of whatever let's say digital media who mm-hmm. can sort of use the tools without the greed to help the guy who need who who deserves it to get to a place where he's at a level playing field and this goes mm-hmm. back to your conversation about access but innovationism is important because we need because if not, the 80-year-olds with the big companies who do nothing but sit and have sex with 20-year-olds and on yachts <laughs> win. You know what I mean? That, mm-hmm. If we don't innovate, they win. So if, like, 
we don't figure out a way to like, okay, maybe school's not my thing. I'm going to do this. Then the guy on the yacht wins. And so, and you know, so my whole point is this, like, because there's people who have no freaking idea how to survive. And, and, and like, for me, I, I mean, I could get into it. I try not to, because it's just, it's just a ridiculously expanding, but like with branding and all this stuff, like it's so intimidating and it's extremely exciting every day because like, for example, you may think about it once a week. It's like the only thing I think about because it's, it's freaking incredible. It's, it's, it's so complicated. And I think like people capacity to understand that most people aren't in that field. So like what I try to do is say, I want to like be the connecting block for like, for, for those, for those folks so that they can get there. It's important because the world needs the services, the connections, the relational, whatever it is to the people that are doing right in this world. And there's too much emphasis on the negative and there's too much emphasis on the corporate greed. And so I think innovation sort of weeds that out. There's actually, Oh my God, I can't, I can't do this. There's not that many listeners. I'll do it anyways. There's like a company right now. I'm pretty sure I'm going to knock off like pretty soon. Yeah. And I, and I, and I, I like them. Like, I think they're good people, but the problem is like, you know, when you're doing something the same for a long time, you're bound, you're, you're vulnerable as hell. And there's honestly examples right yeah. now where I look, I'm like, okay, I gotta, you know, I look over my shoulder, like I'm not going to down this guy's building, but I'm going to run a little bit faster now because yeah. I know at every, at every point in time, you know, I've got to be at my best. I've got to be on my toes. And so, um, and so if we don't innovate, then we don't, we don't knock off the big guy. We don't really, you know, put things in place. So with this whole emotional conversation, this business conversation, my, my goal is to put you know, healthy individuals in a position to, to succeed. Because if that's the case, you'll see more husbands in minority communities. You'll see more, you'll see more like, that's what I want because I'm tired of seeing, I'm tired of seeing, you know, the world take a crap on, the people who can't, who don't know any better or don't know any different because, right. because we haven't, we haven't sort of given you know, let these resources, um, you know, thin for themselves and spread out. Right. Uh, I could, I kind of expand on that, but I think I kind of answered the question. Yeah. It's a big question. Yeah. And I want to, I want to expound on something you said really quick. You said you talked about, okay, there's another business you, you might could literally run out. Of yeah. Business, right. Yeah. yeah. Just because of what you do. Now, in, in innovation, you made the great point. Like, it's not about tearing down somebody else's building, right? Yeah, yeah. In, in innovating, I, and Gary Vee talks about this a lot. I, I completely agree. If, if your mindset is like, hey, I'm doing this, and like in the process, like I'm just trying to tear everybody else down, then you've already lost. Like, your, yeah, your, whole, your whole mindset is wrong. Like, why, like, why would I do something just to tear somebody else's down? Now, mm-hmm. within that, I'm competitive. I want to innovate like I want to have, so with Eagle Thought, I want to have the premier youth program, right, that helps set kids up for success that otherwise wouldn't be set up for, for success. I want to be the premier, you know, youth basketball trainer in Tallahassee, in Florida, in the country, right? Now, in doing that, I'm not going to do that. No, no part of that plan is me sitting there talking bad about everybody else who does training, yeah. right? Because that, that defeats the first, like, I don't want to build my brand, and quote unquote empire by tearing down everybody else's i'm just going to yeah. try to innovate and and then hire everybody else <laughs> yeah it just like elevate yeah. because he, here's what's beautiful about it like at the end of the day i want people to have you know from a basketball sense i want people to be able to to receive and afford high level skill development right i want people to be able to improve their craft in the level that they're 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 willing to work i want kids to have all the opportunity that they need if, if I'm doing that, and then if somebody else comes along and starts doing that, and they do it better, 
And honestly, like kudos to them. I'm going to learn how, how, how I can catch up to them. But at the end of the day, that's two or three times the amount of kids that are now being served. So the goal is is one. And so like if the goal and, and, and that's where like if you spend your time trying to tear down other people's, then your goal is not actually about people. It's about your own your own wealth, your own success, your own whatever. And, and not there's anything wrong with wanting to be successful, but if that's your heart behind doing it, then I think you really limit your success because again, yeah. we live in a world, this world is all about people. And so yeah. if you're doing things to truly add value, you're going to be more successful and you're not going like, you're not going to care in a sense if somebody else does better, like it should be like, wow, like that is like, that is Stick. awesome <laughs> what they're doing now let me try to be just as good. Not so I can prove that I'm better than them, but so that like, that's just like the healthy competition. Right. And, and this is where the whole idea, right. Of like, of, of, and I hope I'm using the right term, but like capitalism, like having like competition in business, right. Like that's what it's supposed to be. Yeah. Right. That like people are able to like, okay, I can build a business and do this. And then somebody else comes along and builds a better business. So that causes me to learn more, to innovate more, to build an even better business. Right. And so like, now you have all these high level businesses, and things and programs and whatever that like are all like just doing what they're supposed to do and competing with each other and not like trying to tear each other down. But now yeah. you've got like all these things that add value to society. Like, and, and so all the, all that to say like in building, like innovate, compete, all those things, but not with the goal or part of the plan, like being to tear other people down, like not nah, just build your building <laughs> higher and that'll inspire other people to build theirs just as high. And now we have a society that is way farther ahead than we were. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I, yes, I you're right, JC. I mean, what you're saying is true. Like the competitive nature of our country and uh, innovation and those kind of things. There's millions of businesses that come out doing the same thing, but you also got to think of the opposite side of that is like, you do have to keep up though. Like it's not like everyone can eat at all times. Like people are mm-hmm. going to get left behind and that, and it does suck. Cause that's just how it works. I mean, like yeah. not everyone can have a multi-million dollar company. And if oh, yeah. eventually, you know, the Jeff Bezos of some industry is going to come out and take out, you know, 90% of the competition. And that's just, it's unfortunate, but that's just how it works. But mm-hmm. with that, you still have to be ready to like continue to innovate and, you know, realize like what Grady said, you got to be ready to move the freak on, you know, about things and find the next thing. Like what you definitely can't do, especially how fast moving the world is today is just sit around and pout about it. You got to just either figure out how to innovate and stay alive with what you're doing or figure Ooh. out the next thing. Yeah. Yep. yep. Thank the yeah. adult in the conversation came in instead of straight. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I definitely, I definitely agree. I definitely agree. I definitely agree. Yeah, I want to, um, I want to shift the question a little bit for Trip because as, as you're kind of answering that, I, I just had this thought. So, Trip, I want you to answer those questions. Okay, why is it important to innovate, and how do you go about staying educated and innovating in your life? But for you, I feel like it's important. Like innovation for you, like you found yourself in about eight different fields in the past two years. <laughs> you know Absolutely. what I'm saying? Like, like, like you go from student athlete in school. Uh, now you're teaching. Now you're daycare. Now you're equal shot. Now you're driving trucks. Now you are in real estate school. You're going up to get trained for this new job. I'm not even exactly sure how to explain it. And you're doing next step. So like for you, like how do you go about learning staying educated like and jumping around to all these different things and like and i guess also in that too do you feel like you know you're you're starting to find hey this is kind of like my niche like this is what i want to stick with whatever or you know part of our personality too and gary we talked about this too he's like hey for me everything rises and falls on me i'm okay with that and i need like 90 different things happening all at once 
Yeah. That's just how he operates. You know what I'm saying? So for you, you may never stick with one thing your whole life. Right. Or do you feel like you're kind of finding what that is? Yeah. That make sense? I, yeah. And I definitely do feel like where I'm, I know it's changed a lot over the last couple of years and it outside looking in, it almost be hard for anyone to believe that like I, I'm kind of settled now, but that's, I do finally feel like for a chance, like I'm getting into something that I want to be in because it's yeah. given me the freedom and the flexibility and the things that I want to do in my life. And um, I know I've been bouncing around a lot and I'm, that's just part of my youth becoming a new husband, a new dad, like, like, like you said, like getting out of the college world of like everything being taken care of for us. And now I got to take care of myself and my family. Um, and, and that took a couple of years for me to figure out because it's not like we're 30. I mean, you're almost 30 cause you're old, but like, <laughs> <laughs> like, we're, like we're in our early twenties, man. Like, and, yeah. and like for the three of us, man, it's like, we really like, we're, we're kind of like old, like we're old people in our heads. Like, mm-hmm. but like we, sometimes we got to realize that dude, we're like 20, like 20, 20 to 25 yeah, like, dude. in this group. And like, we just expect to have all the answers, but we don't, but I will say like the way I've been able to do what I do is just being kind of acceptant of like, I don't even know if that's a word, but being able to accept the things that have happened to me and always be willing to like adapt to change. And like, like I always like think about it like this. I knew I wasn't, I didn't want to be a daycare teacher forever. So I knew that was going to be short lived, but I had to get a job. that was going to pay the bills for the time being. And then equal shot. I think we walked into it with me wanting to do it long-term, but we knew that it potentially could be seasonal and we were prepared for that. So I was always prepared for it. Then moving to trucking, that's something I wanted to do. Um, I thought it could work out long-term. And then of course, you know, starting to think about my family, things I want, realizing that I want to be home more for my kids. Yeah. So it's like these decisions that I've made, it's like not anything crazy is happening. I just, I've, I've become more self-aware and, and learn more about who I am and like the things that I want in life as I'm going. And it, you know, it's good that I've had these constant changes, but now with the new job, realizing I can work from home four or five hours a day, four or five days a week and being able to have my passion in next step without having to necessarily worry about the pressure of if next step fails, I'm homeless or something. That's not going to happen. So I'm, I am yeah. fortunate in that sense. Like what I've been able to do is structure a lifestyle to where I have a good day job that allows me to be home, be with my kids, pay the bills, and also be able to redirect my passion into something like next step, you know, without the monetary aspect in my mind about it, not worrying about the money of it. Cause that's not necessarily a thing that's driving me in next step. Anyways, it's more of a, a lifestyle choice. You know, I want to be able to partner with Grady and, equal shot and those kind of things and you know really let that be something that can turn into something so i will say yes i've changed a lot i've innovated a lot like as far as i've innovated my own lifestyle but it's so i could get to this point of where i'm hopefully now settling down into like a career and something i want to do long term quick question for everybody can i have a question for everybody Uh on the topic so like i was thinking about this whole idea of innovation personally so trip like you are by nature the same person you have the same heartbeat but you're probably completely different than you were your senior year of high school in a matter of years. <clears throat> my question is this um and without we don't have to get in the weeds of it or like you know no we can't yeah. but <laughs> but like but like i mean i know personally exactly and there's probably details i should leave out but like exactly w- like what the catalyst of that was and sometimes it's extremely terrible and painful and hard but like, I want to know, like, personally, we talk about innovation, like what changed you, you know, like what changed, like you, you're, you know, I don't know much about you, but I'm assuming you're like, you're a pretty fun bachelor a couple of years ago, you know, you're, yeah. hanging, you're playing ball and like, 
you're like you like jump in and like you're married and like that's freaking that's like the best thing you could possibly have done and um and so like i want to know like what where's that innovation come from do you feel like you had to accept what you couldn't what you knew you couldn't avoid like do you just where did that growth like walk me through the nitty-gritty growth process all everybody i want to know yeah mm-hmm. okay yeah i mean i'll start i mean and i've talked about a past uh podcast a little bit but okay i've always known that deep down um you know i i've always wanted to be um, someone who's married and has kids young. I mean, my parents did it the exact same way. And, you know, there's no right or wrong answer to how it works. But I yeah. just know it worked for my parents. And I was kind of inspired by them to, like, you know, they jumped into a marriage. They did each other for six weeks, got married a year later on board. So they did this, like, a very quick process, too, just like how I'm kind of doing it. And I and they've been married for 25 years. My mom was just over 40. Like, I mean, I've really – Wow. Yeah. Wow. So like, yeah, like, so, I mean, my mom's 40-year-old grandma basically you know it was crazy wow. but like everything's worked yeah and so i've been inspired by them seeing how they work and they and the key is just sticking it through so i always knew deep down that was going to happen now you're right a few years ago I was just college bachelor guy like not worrying about all that so like but it's crazy like down down in my subconscious like yeah. basically as soon as i met bridget like i knew that's like it yeah. all those yeah. like you know, all those things from my past come right back and i'm like this is what i want everything that i've been doing up to this point is relevant like i'm ready to you know what i'm saying so it was like and that's probably, and that's where my life started to change a lot. And I think, wow, like, I know I seem super impulsive and I, and I am, but like everything I've been doing these last couple of years since I met Bridget and Cameron and all these things yeah. has been for the betterment of at least what I feel that's crazy like, for my family. And I will say the key though, is like, I wouldn't be able to do anything that I've done these last couple of years without like Bridget. You got to think like, dude, man, like I... there's like, if Bridget never would have left Jacksonville, like you think that's where her whole family is. Right. So like. I basically meet her and six weeks later, she's down to move to Columbus, Georgia, five hours away from her, where she's lived her entire life. So like, man, yeah. So you got to have someone, you got to have, like you said, it's all about relationships, people that you know will be with you through everything, you know, whether it's a spouse or a friend or whatever, but like without her being able to make the changes with me, because I didn't make the changes alone. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't me. Yeah. Like I had someone else. We'll have we'll have a romance pod later because I don't want to. But <laughs> but I'll say this man, like this is so funny, and I'm not married, so it's hard to get into. But like this con, I always think about growth periods. I think everybody can speak to this. Like we love to take credit, but it just seems like the common thread is you get the right woman, you do better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what right. I mean? And like and like nobody right. like nobody knows like how bad it gets or rough it gets or like you know the crap they say to you and you mess up and like whatever. But like on the on the real, and I won't, and we we'll do this on the next episode. But before JT goes, I just wanted to say that. Like, it's really funny how how common the thread is. Like, no matter how tough it is, it just seems like the right woman comes in your life, you tighten up and you do better. And it's like, we love to we love to avoid that as men because we're very prideful. But, like, I love, like, I just love saying that because it's it, just, like, the confidence of, like, this is what I want. And that's a really good place to be as a guy. And we need more men like that. Yeah. You, know, you know what I mean? Because we need more sons and more, like, that's what we need in society is, like, alpha males who are, who are able to be weak, like who are not mm-hmm. like, like, can I, are we, I don't know what the, what the, if it's like a PG podcast, I'm sorry. It's just, I'm, I naturally cuss a lot, but this is a, we need more people that are not like a-holes, you know what I mean? Yeah. At, at, to their, to, to women and like who are able to empower women and still be like, be like alphas. And that's why I, that's why I respect Gary Vee a lot because he goes into environments with like real estate giants and like tells them they're wrong, you know? And, but, but from a place of like, he's, he's a family man. Like, I don't know how the hell his wife does it, but like, um, but all these folks, you know, I, I look up to people who are able to balance both because they both say, hey, look, this is hard, 
but it's worth it. And mm-hmm. I, and, and that managing tension is just like, it molds you. So I'll let Jake to go. I just had to make it. Yeah. Well, dude, I'll, I'll, I'll just say one thing to what you just said, Grady. Like, it's like, yeah, what you were saying about, Hey, like essentially men being like being teachable, being willing to be like, yo, like, yeah, like my success is, is really has been dependent on, on other people or the right woman or whatever it is. And how like, okay, you know, we have this idea of like, all right, I gotta be, man, I gotta be strong. Gotta be aggressive. I gotta be all those things. But think about this incredible analogy that I heard sometimes. If me, if me and trip were wrestling, right. Yeah. In order for me to like, just in who I am, like physically right now to like physically control trip, I would have to be pretty violent. Right. Yeah, I would have to like either knock him out or like I mean use <laughs> like excessive like no seriously because like he's way bigger and stronger than I am right yeah yeah so in order for me so I I would have to be very violent very aggressive very like harsh right and like cause pain to him yeah think about how strong I would have to be to gently control him in a sense where he wouldn't like he's not getting hurt but he also like can't hurt me or like can't like like yeah. I am like controlling him in a sense it takes way more strength to be gentle in that sense than it is to like Uh, be aggressive right that's awesome i've never heard that and and so like that's like a a, a physical metaphor example but like apply that to life like it's way easier to explode and like have all this anger and and act like the tough guy but in reality it's way tougher and takes way more strength to be gentle and to control people like not not control but like change my life Next podcast, that way. <laughs> next podcast toxic masculinity colon <laughs> the emergence of the true alpha male we'll we'll we'll, we'll be yeah anyways go ahead yeah that's awesome jt i love, I love that i love it uh, yeah like, that's a really important thing i think like i would i wish i would have heard that i probably would have heard a lot less people if i was 16 i felt like you know i don't really have to do this like i don't really have to throw my life away to be accepted i probably would have been a lot better and i that I'm able to, I'm grateful that I, that I, that I share these opinions now. Cause I can sort of, I can go, I can go help other people. So we should definitely talk about that more. It's really interesting. hundred percent. Yeah. I, I just want to make sure I threw that out there. Cause it just reminded me of that. Um, oh, we'll, next pod we'll do it. We'll oh do yeah. hundred percent. But back to you, your question, like, okay, what was like sparking moment? It was really interesting. Like I was, I, I was trying to think, you know, of, of one moment. And like, when I think about my personality, right, like I've always been, you know, Kind of like, no, my, hey, this guy's going to work hard. I'm going to, like, be disciplined, all those things. And, like, even in high school, watching me play, right? Yeah. We came from a very, like, affluent. We had everything we could ever need or want. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, weren't without lack, whatever. Like, like I said, I could have been average and been successful, right? Yeah. Yeah. But it's funny, yeah. like, when, when, when people would watch me play, and this was, like, an exact quote that a coach used sometimes. He was like, you know, like, why does JT play like he's an inner city New York kid and this is his only shot of getting out? Wow. Right. Yeah. right? Like that's, yeah. that's, that's the desperation that I like, I worked with and getting there. Now, I think there are some, there are some parts of that that were like from my brokenness that I felt like literally my <laughs> only shot, it, it, it value and identity and whatever was if I was successful in that yeah. area. But I also think part of it is, is like, you know, when I, when I do something like I'm all in. You know what I'm saying? So like with equal shot, I felt like God called me to do equal shot upon moving back. Right. I had zero clients. There was nothing that's that's going on in Appalachia. We had no, we had no structure together. I just had the thought and, and, and the, really the feeling that I was called to do this thing 
which didn't even have the name Eagle Shot yet. Yeah. And upon moving back, I got offered about three high school coaching jobs. Mm-hmm. Crazy, right? man. With That's like crazy. with with in, in honestly, it didn't even I'll appreciate take it because like because like I this is my first time ever working. So like I didn't actually ever really understand or appreciate like benefits in a job. You know what I'm saying? Like you work for man. school, like you get healthcare, like all that stuff, whatever. But essentially Jeez. like turned all that stuff down. So I'm like, no, oh, no, this is what I feel called to. So like I'm gonna do it. And I'm going to figure it out. Like, wow. and like, you know, went three, four months without getting paid to get it off the ground and just like whatever. But like, you know, and trying to think like, I, I just think everything, everything that I've done in my life and like, maybe, you know, I think part of it is a reflection, honestly, of, you know, like I was saying, some of my brokenness, whenever I do something, I feel like, Hey, I, I, I like, I have to do this. Yeah. Right. But I, as I become healthy, I realize like it's a healthy part of how God has created me. Like that. I'm just going to drive Beauty and, and struggle. do it until like, until I die. You know what I'm saying? Like Adrian has the saying, innovate or die. Now for me, I'm not very good with getting creative and innovating. I'm just going to keep driving. You know what I'm saying? Like I'll just, I'll, I'll keep running <laughs> into the wall until I bust through it. Well, you know what I'm saying? Like, that type of thing. And you know, that's, you know, a, a mixture of things, how I'm wired, how we were raised. Our parents did a great job of teaching us, right? Every, every parent, all parents do, you know, mess their kids up in a lot of ways. One, one way that I, that I see and have been able to recognize, like our parents did a phenomenal job, at least with me, is connecting the dots of like, you work hard, you put the time in, this is the results that you get. So for me, even in school, right? I would walk into a test. It's five minutes before the test. It's like one of those classes where we literally have three tests in the whole class and, and that's the only grade. People have been in there for like an hour. They're sweating, they're freaking out, whatever. I just like waltz in and sit down. I don't even pull out a piece of paper and the girl next to I remember this like a r- real story. She stopped. She was like, are you not nervous? Like, why aren't you like study whatever? I'm like, if I haven't studied by now, like I'm not going to do well. So like, why am I going to stress about it right now? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. like I, I already know, like if I put the time in, then I'm going to do well. And if I haven't put the time in, I'm not going to try to cram because I'm already going to do bad. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I have a very practical understanding of like, if you work hard, these are the results. And Javier so like part of it too. is, that's it. Part of it is, is, parenting part of it is you know just a, a drive in me like when I feel and more so like not that like you know more so like not just liking doing something like things that I enjoy like I love rock climbing you know what I'm saying like it's mm-hmm. one of my favorite hobbies but I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna find a way against all odds to rock climb right now yeah. you know what I'm saying like it's not yeah. but when I feel called to something I feel like I have no choice but to but to do it you know what I'm saying even when it looks like hey this is unstable like there are more stable things that I could do but, and I, I, I guess really, I'm not even able to answer the question. I don't know where that came from, really. I don't, Got it. I have no okay. clue. But, 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 but that's always just kind of been a thing in me. And I think it's a mixture of a bunch of different things, how I'm wired, parenting, experiences, you know, how Adrian raised me up as a, you know, a young man, a leader, like all those type of things. So, yeah. 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 Well, what about you, Grady? I mean, you know, you're probably one of the most deep thinking kind of oh, geez, person I've ever <laughs> met in my life as far as just like... I don't even know how to describe it, but I mean, you're always ever evolving as well. So like, what about, oh, do you man. think there's a specific point in time where you think things kind of click that you realize that oh, man. you had to dive into this creative world and just say, you know, forget the system, I guess, <laughs> man, I don't know. I think I go to extremes. So like, yeah. you guys know me, like I, I'm extremely like, like sensitive and it, I'm also extremely like, I can be overprotective. I can be a lot of things. I, I think like for me, I was almost down the, the bottom hole like I was really almost down like I 
like JT, you guys know, but you don't really know. Like, mm-hmm. like it yeah. was really bad. And I, and when I say, and I'm tr- I'm saying this because like, I think for me, it was never a problem of understanding. Like mm-hmm. I could look you in the face and explain like why you shouldn't do something and do it, you mm-hmm. know? And I probably get that from pops, but I could, I could really, I mean, like I was really good at, at that. I think it was, it was honestly, man, like, like understand. It's so funny. Like, cause I was really terrible, but understanding that I'm okay. Like there's like, like I'm, I'm like forgiveness, man. Like, like it's like healing from like the first thing, not the 10th thing, Yeah, you know, like, like looking at like one through 10 and saying, all right, like I'm going to start at like age eight because like then by the time I got to the hard stuff, I'm, you know, like, so long story short, man, I think like the catalyst was, was the, a, a good woman, first of all, and that was Rocky at first, but that really shaped me up big time. Um, I kind of found, I kind of felt like a higher power sort of, sort of nudge a little bit when I started to make music and that helped. And, and, and just the structure of knowing I had to change. Like, I didn't know how it was going to happen. I was scared to open up. I was scared to do whatever, but knowing that like, since I already knew what to do, but knowing I wasn't naturally strong or resilient, just, just, just finally saying I can do this. Like, let me take step one. Like, let me, like, let me stay committed when like, you know, the couple months of the relationship is rocky. Like, let me stay, yeah, yeah. let me stay doing this because like now, man, like I'm building what I never had and I'm not having to fill in the gaps where I already have, you know, where I'm already filled up. So like mm-hmm. I, commitment was what I was missing. I needed like resilience. And so, um, and so, yeah, like the catalyst was, was faith. It was finding, it was finding my voice and it was honestly, man, having a good woman. And like, I probably wouldn't say that if it wasn't here right now, but like, I'm going to say it because like, it's true. And it's hard to say when you're not in a more committed position, but I mean it to, I mean, I would say it if it didn't work out because it's true. And, um, and I just, I, my, my philosophy is this, man. It's like, it's very simple. It's like, just don't make it worse. Mm-hmm. Cause I think about that. I spent a lot of time grieving, but I look myself in the face. I'm like, look, you're, you're two years into something where you haven't really, you're, you're pretty clean. You're a good guy. Like you're doing good. You're helping out. Use that energy for good. Just don't make it worse. Like mm-hmm. when I F up and I, and I do bad, I'm like, don't make it worse. Don't, don't, don't like, for example, don't break your phone. Cause you're mad. Like, don't make it worse. Like don't, don't, if you're in a financial strut, like try to try to be level headed through problems because I've always sucked at it. And the, in the, in the problem is other people paid the price. So I put other people in bad positions because I've sucked at healing and I've sucked at being my own um, caretaker, you know? And so now yeah. I'm 19. I'm, I've been, I'm, I've got a lot of fuel and I'm, I'm driven to be the most level headed, strong, weak guy you ever met because that literally keeps my fire burning. Cause I know how bad it is to not be there. So every day I wake up, I'm like, F man, I'm going to like, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to commit. My principle is like, put the seatbelt on wherever this car goes. I'm in like, we're going to hit speed bumps. We're going to flip, but I'm, I'm in. Cause I believe when a man has that, the ship sails, we need so, more. Yeah. 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 So Go would ahead. you Go say ahead. that like, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but would you say that like being able to, I guess, tap into and like be emotionally vulnerable has been one of your biggest, I don't know, achievements in a sense of like being able to be that way. Like, yes. You think that's helped you learn who you yes. are and, Absolutely. But I want to say this, like, it's hard to talk about because I listen to other folks talk about it. And I'm like, you know, I don't feel like I'm there. It's like, it seems like this club, you know, like, it's like this club of like, 
of like, okay, you're resilient. Okay, you know all your problems, you're self-aware. But like, I don't feel like I'm there. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I really want to be vulnerable about that. Like, I don't mm-hmm. feel like I'm there. I might like tomorrow, I might like go like hurt somebody and then this will all mean nothing. Mm-hmm. So like, when I say that, like, this really sucks. But like, yes, I'm, I, I feel accomplished. But there's things that I mil- I still might like, let's say in 15 years, I'm, I'm successful, I'm famous, something somebody might like, come at me with something from my from my past. And right. like, I'll have to cope with it. I think, I think we have to reshape like how we think. I think like, um, this is crazy to say, but there's a lot of people who have done a lot worse who should, who still should have the mindset of forgiveness and, and, and still should say, I'm going to move on because mm-hmm. there's, because that's the, that's the key to do, to actually doing better. Like when you're happy, you do better. And right. we keep ourselves in these prisons because we yeah. feel like it's going to help us because we feel like we deserve it. The problem is we're going to keep hurting folks. And so, yes, absolutely. I think, I, yeah, it's an achievement. But I'm nowhere. I'm nowhere. Like I'm not there. Like I'm not there. I might tomorrow. I might flip, and you guys might see me on the news. I don't know. <laughs> but this is this is what that's what makes us human beings. Yep. Like there's because you'd be surprised. You talk to a lot of people who are in a lot of different positions. You'll be surprised at what you they don't tell you. There's a lot of stuff you guys don't know. And there's a lot of stuff I don't know about what really goes on. And that's the beauty of it. And 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 eventually we'll get there, and and it'll be a lot better for us because yeah. when we, and and so. Uh, JT, you're a lot better. I actually got a lot from you. But like, yeah, man, I think, yeah, it's a it's an accomplishment, but I'm not there. You know? Yeah. And I want people to know that you can you can accept no matter what you've done or where you've been, you can still like you can freaking you can do it. You can do whatever the hell you feel like you're supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, Grady, I I want to say because you, you said something really like just talking about the whole thing of of grace and somebody bringing up somebody for your past and just the shame that's there, whatever. There's a really, really cool story that I heard. It was, it was actually this pastor, right? Similar, similar. I mean, this was like a long time ago, like back when you like sailed everywhere on a ship like that, those days. But uh, <laughs> anyway, the story, like he was like, you know, was like worked on a ship his whole life, whatever, like was, you know, worst of the worst in a sense, like people story. So, I mean, he was just nasty, right? With yeah. women, with people drunk all the time, like that, like <laughs> one of those like typical, like, okay, what, what, what you would stereotypically think in like, you know, a sailor would be in the old days. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, gets radically like transformed, starts serving Jesus. Eventually, is pastoring the church, right? Somebody who, whether you know or it was a group of whatever, anyway, just start blasting him. Like these are all, you know, basically like these are all the things he used to do. He can't pastor like all yeah. those things. Just bring it. I mean, l- listing all these things he's done to women, to people, violence, maybe even mur- like. I who knows <laughs> Jesus yeah what was on that list and like in debate okay now what did you do about that da 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 whatever you know what he did the next Sunday he got on stage he wrote all the things down that people were saying and he read them off one by one yeah he wrote off everything and each time he did was like I did this this is me this is exactly what I did this was me and at the end of the end it was like if this man can be transformed by Jesus anybody can. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so the whole point was like, even just thinking about that story gives me a lot of anxiety. Right. Because I'm like, oh my God, like, what if somebody were to expose, like, th- you know what I'm saying? Like, and I've done all those things and da da da. But like, really, the reality is like, again, like we talked about this before, it's not about perfection. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But like, nobody's ever going to be perfect, whatever. But we get so caught up that like we have to be perfect when in reality, it's stupid because nobody is. Like, everybody yeah. has stuff that they're ashamed of Dude, about man. having grace. And for us, you know what I mean? it's about faith and believing that like we've been forgiven. So like, why, why, why do I feel the pressure to try to pretend like I'm something that I'm not And Like, honestly, 
and not like I'm not proud, you know what I'm saying? We shouldn't be proud of like things we've done before, but like, I'm not going to be put in a hole because somebody might say, it. because honestly, it just, the, the whole point of it is to point to how amazing God is that he could change my life. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. No matter where you, I feel like no matter where you come from, what you believe, like we all got a shot, man. And we, we have to, we have to, it's, it's about perspective. It's all about perspective. Like we can kill ourselves with the wrong perspective. Yeah. And, it, and it doesn't matter what, like, it doesn't matter where you are. I think like that's important, like business, like, like, and I think this conversation is what helps, what helps. Like, I, I, I wish I would have heard this, you know, because yeah. like we need, there are a lot of people right now who are supposed to start Fortune 500 companies. There are a lot of people right now who are supposed to, I don't know, be a teacher who will never get there because they'll never accept that and they'll keep doing wrong. And I, and I, um, and, and one of my biggest missions is to try to try to flip that on its head. Yeah. You know what I'm but yeah. By, by the way, I, I I apologize. I feel like there's not as much comedic relief here because we're just like completely. <laughs> Dude, this is amazing. No, no, no. Hitting it on the Dude. head. So I, I want to uh, like because I know we're 86 minutes in. So does anybody want to like, is there any other questions we got to circle back to and we'll kind of bring it together? I yeah, mean, JT, I, I think we're the last talking point of mm-hmm. um, uh, if you want to kind of touch on some of the opportunity aspect of things we were going to kind of go into because we've talked about a lot of stuff today. We talked about innovation. We, I didn't Jeez. even realize how much we were going to tap into emotions. I mean, that's awesome. I'm glad we did that because next pod tomorrow. Yeah. Next. So I mean, <laughs> um, education, innovation, emotions. I mean, now like, Jeez. I mean, what do you think about, I guess, like the opportunity of it all? Like, how do you, with all those other things, like, how do you even, I don't know. Like, yeah, like I would, I would pose it this way. Like, okay. Out of all, all the things we've talked about and we can be brief because we're coming towards the end here, but like, do you feel like in your own, like, let's go personally, in, in your own life, in your own vocation, right? What you do, like, do you feel like there's an abundance of opportunity in front of you? Or do you feel like, man, like, it's, does it feel like there's a wall in front of you? Like, all right, I'm not really sure where my, like, where the opportunity is going to come from next. You know what I'm saying? Because, okay, you think about the world, like, all, just on top of all the things that we've talked about, we're still in a pandemic, you know, the world shit, like, there's just so many things that are happening. And I feel like either that could be like, oh, my gosh, there's so much opportunity for me to do stuff or I'm not sure what I'm going to do next. You know what I'm saying? Like, where do you guys fall on that? Do you feel like there's a lot of opportunity for you or do you feel like kind of like uneasy about, you know, what's when's my next opportunity going to come? Well, yeah, I mean, I'll go first. Um, I, I feel like, of course, like we've talked about the information that's out there and just the, the excess of things in general. Um, you know, there is obviously opportunity out there now, but it's personally like trying to figure out where I fit into all that and. Uh, you think about how much, like, how much do I want to grow? Like, do I want to make a multi, multi-million dollar company and have that pressure? Or am I comfortable and content making, you know, just a little bit of money with my next step fitness? Like, I mean, what is it like, you know, what is that number? And or is that even important? It doesn't matter. So um, for me, I think there is a lot of opportunity, but I think um, kind of like what Grady was talking about with innovating, you got to be willing to just keep going, keep pushing and, um, you know, realizing that it's not going to happen overnight, but I will say this, this is something I heard from Elon Musk one time and it was, um, he was basically saying like, pretend he was like, you can't go into life thinking that you got like six years to build something. You know, he was like, he was like, pretend you got six months and then you're going to get like a lot further ahead than you would have if you would have, you know, planned on six years. So I think like, but also being happy with where you got in that six months. Cause he was basically saying the way he's trying to structure the analogy was like, 
if you just grind for six months, like, and just pretend like everything was on the line for those six months, you had to do it. But yeah. like, you know, you knew that really you had more time, but if you just like deep down, you're like, I have six months to do this or else like it's over. Like you're mm-hmm. going to get way further ahead in your life. Like if you just, if you went as hard as you could for six months, if, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. And you, you should be a lot happier where you were. And then you'll do the same process over again. But I got to get this done in three months. Like don't put things off just day to day. Keep innovating. Yeah. You know, keep getting excited about what you're doing. And that, and the last thing I want to say before I let you guys finish up is that is the one thing about the three of us that is really interesting because we have three different walks of life, three different education levels. Basically every topic we've touched on, we're in three different completely wavelengths. But the way that I think the biggest common denominator between the three of us is that we, um, we all continuously try to do what we get excited about doing in the morning when we wake up. You know what I'm saying? Like we are constantly pushing towards doing something that makes us happy. Like ultimately that's what we're trying to do. We're, we're not those kind of guys who are like, want to have some nine to five life job that we hate. Like we, we want to be excited about what we're doing and that's kind of what I leave it with. So just do what you're excited about doing. True. Sheesh. I love, I don't know. Should I go? JT, you good? Yeah, go for it. Awesome. I don't know. Um, so, so can you remind me the last was like, how do we practice? How do we, how do we practice? And like, it was like, how do we practice innovation kind of thing? Yeah, no, it, it was more like, Hey, do you feel like, Oh, I remember. I remember. Yeah. Like the like a lot of opportunity or <laughs> yeah. a lack of opportunity. Yeah. So like in business, in business, it's, I think it's ridiculously abundant. Now the pressure is the wall. So it's ridiculously abundant. I could do this, do this, learn this, do this, do this high capacity, hire this guy, whatever. I get to, you know, want to get to a hundred thousand then two then three then a million. The, the pressure is the wall is, oh man, you know, that, you know, last night this happened or the wall is like, oh man, you know, the money's not, you know, like I had to, I had to take a cut cause I had to do this and now I can't do this. And now I got to push back. That's the wall. Um, the wall is the everyday, but as far as opportunity, I tend I tend to look at, I don't know if this is just today or this is really how I am, but I tend to look at it like it's endless opportunity. So like even in in business, like I don't think there's any ceiling. The problem is like, can I handle it? You know, can I, um, I, I, I wrestle with that, what Tripp said a lot. I wrestle with like, I love, can I handle a $200 million company? Will I become, will I, will I, will there be a movie on Netflix about me? Because I went rogue and, 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 you know, aired my office out. No, not really. But my whole thing is like, how do you, how do you, um, yeah, how do you manage that? What do I really deserve? What do I really need? How do I, how do I cope with growing something and what's meant for me? And how do I, what's the scale to determine that? Um, right. But I, I tend to look at it. Yeah. Like I always look at it too at home. I always look at, there's a lot more to be, to, to be, to be, to have. I remember like two days ago, um, two days ago, we were, me and honesty were in the car. I looked her in the face. I was like, we can't get, we can't like, it's going really well, but just make sure we're, you know, like, remember that we've, we're still like, if we stop, like, if we stop right now, like, it's going to fall again. Like, we have to, we have to be comfortable with like, continuing to grow, like, we got to make sure we see we keep having these conversations, because you know, we tend to do this. So like, that, I think that concept is something I've accepted, I don't know how well I foster it. But I definitely feel like, you know, I know that if I don't step up every day, that I'm going to lose. The problem is I still don't step up every day. So I feel like, I feel like, yeah, I'm aware of what I need to do, but as a human being, I continuously fall short of doing it. And I'm trying to find ways to build my life in a way that I can 
that I can be more consistent, be um, a little bit more of a rock and a, and a constant in my business and my personal life in, in my own life, because I think it's important. So I accept it. I don't know how well I do it, but I'm looking to do yeah. it better. Not for sure. Um, I, I think for me in a similar boat, like I, I feel like there's so much opportunity, um, you know, like for like me personally with Eagle Shot, like I think my struggle is like narrowing it down and figure yeah. out like what I need to do and what I'm capable of doing all at one time, just yeah. in the season of life that I'm in. But I, I, you know, I don't think, I don't think there's any lack of opportunity <laughs> for sure. Like there, there, there's just so many different things to be done. And so many, like, you know, even we think about like, there's so many different things that, that people need and our society needs and like needs to be added value to. And, and so I don't, I, I don't feel like there's ever a lack um, in that front, but, you know, I think, I, I think to sum to sum everything up, like, you know, it's just, we've talked about education, innovation, emotions, opportunities, all, all those different things. Like it just boils down to like having an equal shot to take the next step. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, well, Love, trust and respect. Love, there trust, it is. Yeah. Love, <laughs> have, have trust, and respect, love, trust and respect to run the race and the equal shot to, to get the job done. Yeah. That's it. And you you got to have love, trust, and respect that you're going to get an equal shot to take the next step. <laughs> to take the next step. Oh, my God. That's awesome, man. Oh, dude, I, I'm very, very happy with this podcast. I mean, I, I dude, incredible. Incredible. I'm, Grady, I love it. For, first time on, Grady might be a permanent, a permanent guest on this I, podcast. Also, I, was, I agree. We we forgot to acknowledge this. Like people understand, this is a very special podcast because for the first time ever, we've invited seventy five percent of our listeners on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> don't, dude, don't speak too soon. Don't speak too soon. You never know. I might. Hey, hey I got nine, we got nineteen views on our second podcast on YouTube. Yeah, man. Don't. Yeah, I hey. stand corrected. <laughs> I, I, I stand corrected. Listen, we'll look, we'll look back at this. We'll look back at this, and and it'll be it'll be insane to have said that on the show. I'm 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 speaking into existence right now. Too much value being, too much things being, too many topics being exposed here to not to not go noticed. I really, oh yeah, that. yeah. We, so we we'll, deep. Yeah, dude, absolutely. I I really believe that. I wouldn't speak too soon because I really don't think, I really don't think that to be the case. I, honestly, even now, I think in a week that'll be different. I really do. So whatever, <laughs> yeah. whenever we, uh, yeah, dude, I'm I love it. I love it, man. Episode three, the next step podcast. Absolute delight to have you too. Oh, dude, yeah, it's been you. awesome. Thank you. Just invite me. Just make sure to invite me on the next one. Uh, <laughs> absolutely, man. You guys have a good one. We'll uh, we'll do this again soon. Sounds like yes. a plan. See you guys later. All right.